Yeah. Saki, can yeah. you say dance, dance. on dance. film? Dance. <laughs> We're getting there. Well, we should probably go and get 15 bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, you made it sound like it's like this podcast thing is like a dirty secret that you want to know about. What you want to do with cats is get some glass mm. and just start gouging your eyes out oh, rather than watching it's the it. The only way to see cats, yeah. really, isn't it? But <laughs> except the time passed acceptably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, go. if that doesn't just say that this film is fine, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd like to Let start this begin. episode with this sound. Not some ASMR, 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 Well, I'm way ahead of you. Hey, we're both on the red. Excellent. Ah. What could go wrong? Yes. I'm on, I'm, I'm on this lovely port. I'm on this lovely Portuguese red that I discovered okay. at Christian's. It's really nice. Well, I've gone for something a little bit different today. Campo Viejo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few bottles of that under the stairs. We're just, <laughs> you know, you've got a problem when you you work your way around the supermarkets that are doing the six twenty five percent off when you buy six or more. Oh, so yeah. we literally go like, oh, it's on Asda. We'll go and buy like fifteen bottles of wine from Asda, and then like yeah. three weeks later, oh, it's on at Morrison's. Let's go to Morrison's, and then even though it's on like it's on at Tesco two days later, well, we should probably go and get 15 bottles of wine (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we've had our tuesday sessions that we uh when the kids are at beavers and rainbows so Mm. friends round oh nice (laughs) four or four jacket potatoes in the oven hour and a half they came out we had jacket potatoes and some red and uh yeah we just had a quite a nice evening it's been jolly lovely yeah uh i'm quite not back into the you know having had a week off Getting back into work sort of mm. vibe, so it's I'm just sort of the, the holiday is overspilling into into, yes. into work. Yes, how um, act, well we'll get to that in a second. First of all, I want to apologise to all our listeners for the like absolute shit show that was the editing of last <laughs> week's episode because it, it it was sort of edited on the fly because we were both off mm. and. I was kind of doing it, editing last little bits while the kids were in the bath and things like that. So we got a message from Danny, uh, regular listener Danny. Thank you for your message saying, yeah. uh, Dave's just not there for like four minutes of it <laughs> later on. So I had to quickly jump back on and edit and re-upload. And then um, I thought I thought to myself today, I took the dog for a walk on, on lunch and I was like, I'm just going to triple check that episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I went, I was going to s- skip through to 50 odd minutes or whatever. But I just literally press play, and there's nothing for 25 seconds. Oh God! Really? And then the episode kicks in. Oh so, God! Yeah, absolute shit show. So oh, apologies wow. to everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh well. Well, it's thanks. Go. Yeah. Well, at least we've got vigilant listeners who yeah. listen on release yeah. day and uh, feed back to us accordingly. <laughs> we need a producer. What can I say? We need a producer. Well, that's that's it, isn't it? So anyway, really? but yeah, there you go. And also, thank you to. Um, 
my son Zachary for opening the show. He uh, he will have played Aww. before we started. I'm coming back to him every few weeks to try and get him to say "Dad's on film." So at the minute we're on "Dad's on," ah, <laughs> but we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're That's getting cool. there. Anyway, cool. how the hell was your week? I had a very good week, thank you. It was a fun packed half term. We probably packed too much into it. We were absolutely shattered uh, by mm. the end of it. Um, but yeah, we did. So we did. Three days in Legoland, not full days. We did like half a day, a full day, and then mm. another half a day. Legoland, I tell you what, it's amazing. It's so is good. Is it? Like it's yeah. so good. Yeah, I I love it. Where where does it where does it rate sort of compared to like Alton Towers and things Above. like that? Because I've I've literally never been. Really, it's better than Alton Towers. I mean, Alton Towers is amazing. But for a five-year-old and a six, sorry, I've got a six-year-old and a seven-year-old. Okay, yeah, yeah. For a, to having a six-year-old and a seven-year-old, it's just like as a family. What to the five-year-old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as a family day, like mm. it's just immense. It's just oh wow, okay. Yeah, I think I think it's it, they've just they've just got it right. And there's this ride called uh, Fly to the Skyline. Right. Mm. If, if you don't, we didn't really know what to expect. We knew it was this sort of like 4D sort of thing. And I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm getting a bit bored with like 4D. Like everywhere you go, this seems yeah. like a 4D cinema experience. Like I went to Two Swords on Thursday. It was a 4D Marvel mm. thing, which is like, it's of okay. Of there is. Yeah. But this, right, it's called, the, the, apparently it's the first one in the country. It's called a flying theatre, right, this flight of the skyline. Okay. And basically what you do is you queue up and you get put into like a pen and there's seven pens all right, so if you're in Pen G, mm. well, we were in Pen G both times we went, get okay. taken to the top floor, so there's three floors, taken to the top floor and put in a gondola, like a row of right. 12, 12 yep. of you, sat down, strap in, and we're like, well, there's a screen in front of us. Like, is that the screen? Oh, maybe the screen is going to come down like in front of us. Oh, mm. no, strap in, it tilts back, then the whole thing spins 180 degrees, and you're suspended in this massive theatre that's like the size of two IMAXs, one on top of the other. But it's like a wow. completely panoramic all the way around you, but all the way mm. u- underneath you as well, and all the way above. That's like cool. It's huge. But you're... Looking at pictures of it now. Yeah. It looks ace. And you're, you're <laughs> like sat there, and and like, and it's it's the closest, it's the most immersive, like, virtual reality or 4D experience mm. or whatever that I've ever yeah. had. Because you go through this whole world of Lego Mythica, and you fly in, but it's like spraying. If you go down to the sea, it sprays sea salt mist into your face. Oh, that's you actually cool. smell that. But honestly, the way it works, it's just like, it feels like flying. Then it's spanned back around at the end, and it lasts sort of like, I don't know, seven minutes, say, or something like that. Mm. It spins back around at the end and tilts back. And we just like broke into applause. We were like, that is, <laughs> that is so good. Wow. So we went back the next day and went on that again. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, they've got a lot of and stuff like that. There's just everything's just like well themed and just dead cool uh, and that. So um, the kids really want to go back sometime. So we'll probably will do another week there sometime in the spring. Um, so we did that. Legoland mm. uh, met up with my, my brother on one of the days in his housemate, Jingy, uh, which was cool. And then on, after we did the Tuesday there, we went to London, stayed at my uncle's, did like, uh, like hanging out in East London. And then the next day we went got the riverboat down the Thames. It's kind of the standard sort of, when I did did it with Arthur last year as well, like get the boat down the Thames, do the London Eye, yeah. walk over, do Palace of Westminster, go to Buckingham Palace, actually saw King Charles, which was cool. Oh, yeah. Good. So what happened was we got to Buckingham Palace 
<laughs> and we're like, something's going on here. That gate at the front is open and there's like armed police mm. stood in front of it. It's weird. And like crowds are gathering. So we went over there and like kind of got to the other side of it. Like, it's definitely seems something's going to happen soon. And we hung around for like 10 minutes. By this time, Arthur needed a wee. <laughs> so me and Arthur went over to uh, Green Park on the other side. And uh, he had a wee behind a tree in full view of Buckingham Palace, like <laughs> looking at Buckingham Palace. So I said, nice. Uh, I remember, and to be honest, we've been, we just kept on thinking, like we're talking to people who were also there, like, and everyone's going, like, all these American tourists, like, yeah, that uh, some, something's definitely happening now. And uh, like this, like these police. Uh, sorry, police. did you mean Australians? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and there's this row of like police, police cars, uh, not police motorbikes, yeah. all police in the grounds. All these policemen stood by the motorbikes, and every now and then they'd all get on and turn the lights on. It's like oh, something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. And then <laughs> nothing happened. They'd turn their engines off and get uh, and get off. People would walk out of the front of Buckingham Palace and then march out to the front and just le- walk out of Buckingham Palace. Like, oh, you know, there's people leaving work or whatever. <laughs> But then there was this Range Rover sat there and it's like, you're waiting for something, you're waiting for something. And then <laughs> after literally we'd been there like the best part of an hour and this archway, these doors opened and like it lit up, it was dark by this point and it lit up. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's almost like a very dark, like claret red mm. um, car comes out with this like lit up little Union Jack flag thing that's on the top or whatever. Um and it drives out. Oh my god, that's him! That's him! We sort of run back to. I've got a video of it. I mean, like trying to <laughs> run back to where they were coming out or where were they, we thought mm. they were driving out of. But then they kind of came out, but then went the other way, which is annoying. But <laughs> we definitely because by this point they made such a spectacle of it, so they could have just done it all when they were ready. Like, please yeah. open the gates when you're ready. But they made such a thing of like something's about to happen. And then when he came mm. out, they put the lights on in the car so he, he, everyone could clearly see him and he's like waving to people. That's cool. Just drives out. Or it's like, no way, kids, you've just seen the king. Like, uh, we're trying, to, trying to explain to the kids, the king. you don't see the king whenever you come to Buckingham Palace. That's like the first time the Tilda's <laughs> yeah. come to Buckingham Palace. Like, oh, there he is. <laughs> All right, that's, 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 so, um, I, saw the, I saw the queen in Sheffield one time coming out of your it? uni. And me and Max were like walking just yeah. down the street and there's like a big, same thing, big crowd. Like, what's going on? Someone's like, I've heard. In fact, I tell you, we saw. Do you remember? Um, um, what is it? Wayne Bond with it? Oh yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah. Dad, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was like caretaker of the school or was, uh, the yeah. uni or something, and he was there. And I was like, Wayne, what's going on? And he was like, Well, the Queen isn't it? <laughs> so, and then the Queen, Queen walked out. And we're like, hey, we're good. Oh no way! Yeah. Amazing. Wow, that um, is that is an action-packed week. Yeah, and then the next day we did Two Swords, which was crap. Um, I mean, Two Swords is just crap. But yeah. uh, And then uh, um, the Marvel thing was cool. And then we did Natural History Museum. Met some friends, uh, Arthur's mates, mum and dad, and hung out with them for the day. Uh, then couldn't be bothered to drive home Thursday night. So we got a, another premiere in, in Milton Keynes <laughs> on Thursday night on the, on the way home, just because we couldn't bother to drive home. So nice. that was nice. So we came back on Friday. Hopefully. Yeah. What about oh, you? Wow. Yeah, it was good. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of activities. We did like... We went to this really, really cool like sensory room up in up in Preston called Space Center, um, mm. which actually was, that actually was really good. Um, it's got yeah. like a huge slide in it and just loads of cool stuff. So we did that one day. We went to Jodrell Bank, which was fairly uh, brief, uh, disastrous and brief. Um, and then things just like swimming and and uh, trampolining and that sort of stuff. Um, cool. And then on Friday, 
myself and regular listener and collaborator of the show, Mark Lane, we got the train into Manchester. We had played some ping pong at Roxy, where we've played nice. before. Nice, yeah, Roxy Ballroom. Um, had a good few beers. We ah, went to is that the where big... we played? Wait, Roxy Ballroom on Deansgate? We didn't play there. Oh, yeah, played ping pong. Ah, no, we played a gig at Roxy Lounge, didn't we, once? Isn't that where um, we won? Yeah, right. This I, th- I, I don't think they are the same place, but I wonder if it's a Ruby it's Lounge. A Ruby, Ruby Lounge. Lounge. Anyway, move there on. You continue. But then we went to the flagship brew dog uh, uh, up the top of like Oxford Road, met my niece, uh, bought, a, bought a tea, um, and then we wa- we watched um, a wonderful, wonderful artist called Gregory Allen Isikoff. Um, he's a really like brill sort of folk, oh, not quite bluegrass, not quite country, because that, that's not really my thing, but this like cool, like ambient sort of acoustic mm. guy. He's got a few songs in uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, oh, and it was really just yeah. absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, cool. And then we had a big Halloween party here for all all the nieces and nephews. Absolutely knackered. Mm. Could have done with another, you know, another one, a two, a one, two, three, four. I'm Dave, and I'm Greg, and we love watching films. Great films, bad films, blockbusters, classics, indie films, cheesy films, superhero films. But as dads, we especially love watching family films with our kids. So we've made a podcast all about it. This is Dads on Film. Another one, two, three, four, what? Peace and love. Weeks off. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See what I was doing there. I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I hope you're pleased with yourself. Any any film? <laughs> yeah, I am. It's good. Good. Uh, funny enough, I've not watched seen, any films, Greg. <laughs> I've not really seen many films whilst I've been uh, staying in Premier Inns and at my uncle's house and things like that, and out and about mm. in London and things. Uh, obviously, there's uh, one or two we're going to talk about in a little while. Uh, I have mm. ma- I have mainly been watching. I don't even think I've been watching anything. No. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the film (laughs) podcast. No, I I mean, I went to the cinema uh, night before last. That was good. Uh, Watched Black Mm. Adam. We'll speak about that in a bit. Um, Watched uh, King's Speech last night, which we'll speak about in a bit as well. Mm. Uh, But other than that, it's been... It's been a holiday from films as well as a holiday from work, (laughs) to tell the truth. How about your good self? I have actually similar. I've not watched tons of films um, because we've just been like watching random crap on TV, basically. Mm. Um, However, I did watch, um, which has come out recently. I went to the cinema to watch uh, this really, really good, funny um, rom com um, called Bros, starring uh, Billy Eichner. So we know Billy Eichner, Billy on the Street. Uh, He voiced uh, Timon. Or Pumba, I think it was Timon yeah. in the live action Lion King, but um, yeah, it, it so it this it, it's a rom com, but it's about you know a gay a gay couple essentially, um, and it's at, it, it's sort of critically been really really well received when it got released in America, but it, it didn't live up to expectations, um, sort of financially, let's sort of say, um, and everybody's basically put it down to what am I looking at? Yeah, bros. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, everyone basically put it down to the state of America, essentially, and and America's views on uh, the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. Um, but you know what? It was um, it was really, really good. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Laughed a lot. Uh, Billy Eichner is just funny as hell anyway. Uh, but it was like, uh, you know, it was a really fresh, funny take on uh, relationships, but also, you know, gay relationships, which you don't see tons of in, in mainstream cinema. So it was really refreshing. Billy Eichner is hilarious as always uh, and as neurotic as ever, which was great. Um, yeah. So Luke McFarlane, who plays like the uh, the love interest, I said to Max, do I know him from something? And she was like, yeah, you do. Well, you might do. He's in 14 Hallmark Christmas films. And it's just <laughs> hilarious because, and he's great in this. Don't get me wrong. He's really, really funny. But the play on that, the, the, it's, it's kind of, it's a kind of a commentary on like romantic comedies and relationships and things like that. And it's instead of Hallmark, it's Hall Heart. And it's this running joke of how, like how cheesy these films are um, and how like they can, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're as accessible as ever now. Um, because there's so many different sort of avenues they can go down in these like you know cheesy romantic comedies. Sure, but it's great. It's really, really, really funny. It's a shame it didn't do as well as as you know they hoped it had done. But critically, it was great. Um, the, the only downside is, although it's got a lot to say about the kind of cliches of romantic comedies, it inevitably succumbs to a few of them towards the end. It you know there's sure. a there's a one of those standard kind of um over-the-top displays at the end, you know, like a, a performance yeah. or a, an over-the-top yeah. display of, 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 I don't know, not necessarily affection, but whatever. Um, so it's kind of a bit cheesy towards the end, but my God, we laughed a lot. Cool. <laughs> it was great. Oh, really, good. really good stuff. Yeah, that was good. Um, and the other thing I've been watching, which I don't think it really fits into TV chat, um, I've watched three episodes of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, oh, which is on Netflix, and yeah. it's great. It's it? so cool. Yeah, it's really good. Not like super scary, um, but it's like um, uh, it's an anthology. So every episode is Stand completely alone. different. It's yeah. a different story. Yeah, but there's some really big names in there as well um, popping up, which is really cool. Andrew Lincoln's in one episode, uh, wow. which is really nice to see him in, you know, yeah. in something because he's not really Absolutely. done much uh, since, you know, um, The Walking Dead. Some names include um, did it, did it, did it. Tim Blake Nelson, who is that guy from That Thing. He's in there absolutely everything. Rupert Grint's in an episode. Uh, ben Barnes is in there. Peter Weller, Robocop. Crispin Glover, Marty, uh, uh, George McFly. Um, loads and loads. Of pe- like, it's a load of people you go, oh, it's that person from That Thing. But it's great. And each episode, as I say, each episode is completely different. Oh, that's um, cool. Like there's one episode is like set in the nineteen nineteen hundreds. One you know one episode's kind of set. Um, I don't know. It's it's just hard to explain, but it's great. And each episode is introduced by Guillermo del Toro. He's like, "What is a cabinet?" in his in his beautiful Mexican <laughs> accent. And he's like, "Tonight's episode is the autopsy directed by." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh, I love this. It's well good. That's cool." <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. So really he's cool not stuff. actually made each one. Um, well he's produced each one uh, mm. but uh, you know these are produced and, and kind of probably executive produced them so mm. uh, financed a lot of it but each episode is a different director as well which I cool. think is great because a lot of these people have done like really obscure horror films so they're like mm. you know 
just do me a 40 minute episode or 40 minute short film essentially mm. um and it's great i just think it's really refreshing seeing something like that so cool, yeah, cool. and they've said they're going to do a season two so. and so how many episodes are there um pass <laughs> maybe okay. like eight okay maybe something i think eight about eight something like that excellent good all right <laughs> I had a message off Soz. He said, um, I saw this at the cinema and thought it was great. Rewatched multiple times the, the next three days. It's on Netflix now. I think it's really underrated. <laughs> Proper edge of your seat in the final third, like Argo. Uh, I hope you're well, dude. He said, P.S. It's a bit silly, but I was gripped. Good cast. Um, so I've not seen the next three days. Have you seen the next three days? I have seen the next three days. So this is the uh, Russell Crowe. Um, Liam Neeson pops up in there, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks as well. And it's Elizabeth Banks is Russell Crowe's wife. She gets accused, I think, of murder and goes yeah. to prison. And it's essentially uh, Russell Crowe breaking her out of... Uh, I don't know if it necessarily breaks her out of prison, but I think she's maybe being transferred. So he breaks her out of, you know, the the the... I don't know, you know, like the prisoner transfer and the whole point of it is you can get, they say it's not that difficult to break somebody out of prison, but Mm. it's the the next three days are the most important, are the most difficult because you've got to, you know, the certain things you've got to do to kind of evade capture, let's sort Ah, of say. Okay, Um, cool. It's very silly, but I do remember. I do remember quite enjoying it, and there being pretty, uh, pretty, you know, that edge of the edge of your seat type stuff. I think Liam Neeson's in it for like a scene. They're like Liam Neeson. <laughs> when he watched, um, when he messaged me, when he first messaged me, it took me literally about two days to understand what he said because I'm re- I was reading it for ages ago. I saw this at the cinema. I thought it was great. Rewatched multiple times. So I'm thinking, is the is it called rewatched multiple times or no? And then he said. <laughs> The next three days, it's on Netflix now. I'm going, is it on Netflix for the next three days? <laughs> like, I'm going, well, what's this film? I've nearly messaged you back saying, okay, what's the film? Um, but now I managed to figure it out. So, yeah. Thanks, Soz. I never actually texted him back. So, um, instead of texting you back, here you go. This is me texting you back. No, I've not seen it, but Dave has. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you have a question for me, Greg? I do have a question for you, David. What is coming up on, uh, I don't know, season four, episode 25-ish, maybe? Correct. Film? Yes. yes. Good, okay. Correct. Cue that music. Okay, well, up next we're going to talk about two weeks ago's homework, which was the King's Speech. Then we got a little bit of film news. After that, I'm going to give you a short little review of um, uh, Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling. Then we are both, we've done it. We've watched it. We're going to talk about Black Adam. Beautiful. Uh, then we're going to jump back on that movie train, check out what's on the box, and then we're going to wrap this puppy up. Shall we do this? Let's take a breath. We're diving in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, then. So two weeks ago, two blooming weeks ago, we left an undisclosed station. Where were we? Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, weren't we? And we took the we took the Jeffrey Rush line all the way down to 2010's Tom Hooper Oscar winning film. Oh, Tom Hooper. (laughs) Tom Hooper directed Oscar winner The King's Speech. Um, Yes. So okay. So a little setup. Do you want a little setup? 
Yeah, I was just going to sort of give us some context. Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. We last spoke about Tom Hooper mm. um, when we were speaking about the Damned United, um, the Brian yes. Clough film uh, with Michael Sheen we spoke about uh, quite some weeks ago now. Um, but, you know, he cut his teeth uh, directing things like Biker Grove and EastEnders and Cold Feet and um, mm. that sort of thing. And he's yeah. sort of, uh, you know, taken off quite a bit since then. So this is... Yeah, Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush, Helen Bonham Carter, Guy Pearce is in there, Timothy Spall, mm. uh, Michael Gambon, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, go on, give it, give it some background, David. Um, okay, so the story is the story of King George the um, Sixth yeah. and his impromptu um, uh, ascension to the throne of the British Empire in 1936. Um, so this is the the queen, rest in peace. Uh, her husband, her uh, husband, uh, her father. Um, he wasn't in line for the throne, but obviously his brother abdicated, um, and he was sort of thrust into that position. Um, but he saw it coming. Uh, he, he saw it I, coming. He's yeah, he's, he saw it coming. However, was it sort of common knowledge? I mean, tell me, you were there. Was it common knowledge, <laughs> Greg, <laughs> um, about his speech impediment? I don't. It certainly, if it was, it certainly wasn't like it was now. You get the impression that the inner circle were all um, very aware of it. Like the Archbishop of Canterbury was sort of, you know, very yeah. much aware of it. But like, it, you know, celebrity culture wasn't like it is now. You know, it's... It, yeah, of course. It, there wasn't that sort of visibility of members of the royal family. It certainly extended yeah. members of the royal family, siblings, for example. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. So well, so basically, um, he had a speech imped- impediment, which um, kind of got a stammer, yeah, which sort of get got got worse when he was under under str- you know placed in stressful situations and things like that. So they think we need to get him a speech therapist because obviously he's going to have to do some big speeches, um, and there's one very very big speech that he, he has to do sort of later on in the film. Uh, speech therapist is wonderfully played by Jeffrey Rush, and it's just sort of this lovely, lovely. Um, relationship that sort of grows and falls and um, it's 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 it's, you know it's kind of like a love story really it's it's the um, between two people from you know the prince and the pauper sort Mm. of it's you know Jeffrey Rush's character the speech therapist what's his name I forget his name off the top of my head he's called Lionel Logue so Logue Logue. he's a sort of very humble Man, King George, when he first meets him, he feels very com- uncomfortable about being there and sharing and sharing things with him. Lionel's very much like, well, you know, I- I'm going to call you Bertie because we are here and we are <laughs> equals, and that's the only way this is going to work if we are equals. And over, t- you go from, you know, King George the Sixth as he becomes uh, originally the Duke of York, being very sort of having to stick up his backside, very difficult, very frosty. Mm. To, to thawing out, very much warming to land, but in a, it's still in a way that's quite, he maintain, he holds something back, but in the little things that he gives away, you know, yeah. the, way, it's like the, the way he addresses him and he calls him my dear friend and things like that. And, and yeah. when, he, when it does get yeah. to that point, it hits so much warmer, so much more beautiful. Mm. And it's... Um, it's a it's a bromance. It's a, it's absolutely a story yeah. of a bromance, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. and that's what it's all about. It's almost everything else is incidental. It's between yeah. these two people. It's their relationship. Mm, definitely, Tom Hooper's got this sort of style of um, sort of like 
using a lot of close-ups where you wouldn't necessarily use a close-up or framing just sort of like off-center so it, it feel, mm. doesn't feel like... It doesn't, considering it's like a period piece, it doesn't look like any period piece you will have seen before. It almost mm. feels a bit like, almost like a little bit student filmy, but in the best possible way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It feels a little bit like Gorilla. They've just like shoved the camera in a room and gone, said gone. You know, just said gone. And said go. Um, which you just, it, you just never see in these, you know, if you, if you think, and I know there's years apart, but think about like sense and sensibility or uh, great expectations or um, uh, uh, whatever, you know, the, yeah. uh, what's the, um, what's the uh, Dickens one? Um, David, or like David Copperfield or something like that. That doesn't take anything away from this film and make, say this film looks bad. It looks beautiful, but it, it, it it's a jarring, um, contrast from what we're used to but i really like it and you can see that style in a lot of his other films you can see it in like the danish girl not in cats because mm. what you want to do with cats is get some glass mm. and just start gouging your eyes out oh, rather absolutely. than watching it's the it the only way to see cats yeah. really isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm ju- only just recovering i <laughs> think <laughs> what was the uh, what was that famous thing that somebody tweeted the film cats is the worst thing to happen Two cats since dogs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, bloody lovely film. There we go. Okay, Gregory, would you say that the King's Speech is Encanto or Eight Below, starring Paul Walker? Encanto, please do. I would also agree. Where can we see the King's Speech, Gregory? King's Speech is available everywhere at the moment. Uh, I think I said Netflix. Amazon Prime, yeah. probably uh, Sky Cinema, maybe somewhere else. All that. Beautiful. Finally, a whole new generation can discover that the Cats musical is two hours of human-feline hybrids without genitals <laughs> having no-touch <laughs> sex and begging for death by a song. <laughs> Apparently, there's a there's an anus cut of the film where... They actually gave all the cats bum holes. And I don't think he's done anything since, has he, Tom Hooper? Nope. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were moments in Cats I would gladly pay to unsee, including baby mice with the faces <laughs> of human girls and a chorus line of cockroach rockets. Anyone who takes small children to this movie is setting them up for for winged monkey levels levels of terror night terrors <laughs> There's been loads of news, but I'm just picking up on like the kind of top top stories. So we've got our first trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray's in it, which is interesting because I really enjoyed Bill Murray, but I think at the moment <laughs> he's becoming quite a problematic man. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, lots okay. of people... Same things about yes. Bill Murray, but you know, all, okay. Um, trail looks cool. We got we getting Jonathan Majors um, in his second time. So you didn't watch Loki, did you? Um, I so did not. No. Jonathan Majors is playing um, Kang, who's like a big villain in the Avengers comics and things like that. Um, and the whole thing about him is 
he is like a multiversal um, explorer. So at one point there was like thousands of him in different multiverses. Mm. Um, so what we're going to be seeing in the next few sort of Avengers, well, not necessarily Avengers films, but uh, Marvel films and TV shows, different versions of him are going to start popping up to ultimately mm. end in the a bit, you know, I think that it's called I think the Avengers, the Kang dynasty or something. And then it's going to be uh, Avengers multiverse war or something. I don't know, whatever. Mm. Um, so we've seen him in Loki and we see him now in, in uh, Ant-Man quantum mania uh, as, as this other version of him. So uh, everyone thinking that um, uh, Paul Rudd's going to die. Just throwing that out there. Spoilers. I, I hope don't Paul Rudd doesn't die. No, no, Paul Rudd. No, no, no. Somehow Scott Lang will survive, Scott Lang. but the actor Paul Rudd is going to die one day. One, everyone thinks Paul Rudd is going to die. Well, never, that's the only inevitability in this hollow, cold life that we call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but actually, Paul oh. Rudd, like... Paul Rudd's like fifty-five or something. Oh, you know, he's, he's in his fifties and looks like thirty-two. So maybe Paul Rudd will never him. die. Fingers crossed. No, eh? I hope not. I hope not. I do love Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, sticking to the kind of superheroy news. James Gunn, director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the, well, the three Guardians of the Galaxy, with the third one's coming out next year, um, and uh, the Suicide Squad, has now been appointed head of DC's sort of film. Um, and <laughs> film, TV, and animation uh, departments, oh. essentially. So what what they've been saying for, for months is that DC have been searching for their own um, Kevin Feige. So they've, <laughs> they've been hiring people and firing people and testing the water, um, and they've settled on James Gunn, which I'm like, all right, fine, I can't, I'm cool. You know, I think that's really cool and really, really interesting, but I was surprised because... It's, well, yeah, you know, it's James Gunn who wrote <laughs> Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the most sort of transient of of the superhero comic book filmmakers. Mm. In that he's he just flits between Marvel and DC as he pleases, yeah. and he's kind of mm. in that position now where he can kind of do what he wants. Yeah, I mean, he is a little bit one trick in his style in many ways. He's, I'd like to see him do something. A little bit different. Well, so this is the thing, isn't it, though? Gym. So not necessarily going to have much kind of creative... Well, I suppose he will have creative input, but, you know, mm. they're saying he might helm one, He might helm a film, but his main focus is going to be, like, producing these these films, which, yeah. which he's produced before. He's produced a load of films, so, you know, mm, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I think it's interesting okay. that they've gone that way anyway. Um, speaking of which speaking of which guardians of the galaxy christmas special so this is something they teased mm. for a while um so we, you know we started getting these special um uh i don't know i can't remember what they're actually calling them but these like tv specials on on uh on disney plus so the late the last one we got was that werewolf by night which i really enjoyed um yes but this was something that they mentioned ages ago between guardians of the galaxy volume two and volume three they're going to be doing a guardians of the galaxy christmas special and from <laughs> from the trailer what it is is star lord is moping around because he's missing gamora because obviously at the moment we still don't then still not back together other well, 
I don't know, other timeline Gamora's knocking about somewhere after the end of Endgame. So to cheer him up, Mantis and Drax go to Earth to try and get him something to cheer him up for Christmas. And that thing they <laughs> they get to cheer him up is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon is playing himself in the MCU now. Um, so the plan, I think the plan is to kidnap Kevin Bacon and bring him back to cheer him up. Wow. Pure <laughs> quality content from Disney. Um, they might get, uh, they'll throw in a good data deal with E at the same time, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Jeff Goldblum has been cast as the, uh, the, the wizard um, in Wicked. So Ariana Grande and somebody else who I can't remember are playing you know, the witches in, in Wicked, the uh, Wicked. the Wizard of Oz prequel. Wicked, Wicked. Mm. Um, but Jeff okay. Goldblum is playing the wizard. Good. A lot of this. A lot of what's yeah. going on. Ooh, Jeff Goldblum. Like that. What is this? Ooh, yeah. Life <laughs> finds a way. Beautiful. Strange man. Um, and then the final thing we got was this this trailer for this uh, this film called The Pale Blue Eye, which stars Christian Bale. Okay, so this stars Christian Bale and Gillian Anderson, um, but also stars Harry Melling. So ha- Harry Melling is um, uh, Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter. Um, and he's popped up in, in a few... It popped up in a few things since. Um, and it's basically a, a world where a detective is hired to investigate the murder of... <laughs> Thank you. A world weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Um, uh, I don't really know, but it's something to do with Edgar Allan Poe, and it's all set back then. But Christian Bale was interviewed about it, and he said that the best actor he's ever worked with is Harry Melling, Dudley Dursley, which I think is like pretty wild to be honest, but pretty cool, man. Yeah, sweet name. Um, yeah, right. that was your news. There are other things, but um, that's the main news. Robert Duvall's in it. Cool. Cheers. Cool, man. Okay, we said we weren't going to watch this film <laughs> because of... And I haven't. Yes. All right. I caved. I, I just wanted yeah. to see Harry Styles, Gregory. That's what it is. And his watermelon yeah. sugar. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. I do love Miss Flo, though. I'll say, is, is yeah. it worth it for Miss Flo? Anyway, yes. Anyway, okay. Drama aside, we've spoke about all this before. Ultimately, that's not important um, because it's a film and we enjoy films. And this film was fine. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, so basically, what is this? Is Olivia Wilde's uh, follow-up to Booksmart, a second. directorial effort um and it's completely different to book smart and actually if, if i'm honest with you th- you there's no traces for me there was no traces of book smart in this other than the sort of no. a great uh soundtrack book smart's got that amazing sort of like kind of current soundtrack and it works perfectly in this one it's got this really really um what's the word i'm looking for um like not not as in the well, I suppose nostalgic because they're all like sort of nineteen fifties sort of songs, but really like a retro uh, soundtrack and it and it's great. But for me, that's kind of the only real trace of Booksmart in this because it is completely different, completely different. 
So it's based on a book, yeah. um, a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian er, ex, uh, experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. And that's kind of all you really need to know about the film. I, I don't want to give too much away. Um but basically, every day the husbands um, they, they live in this very sort of uh, pleasantville type community in the middle of the desert, um, very much alike Edward Scissorhands type thing. And every morning, mm. so much like Edward Scissorhands actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Every morning, the husbands get up, the wives cook them breakfast, kiss the husbands goodbye. The husbands get in their beautiful Cadillacs or whatever, and they drive off to work. Okay, whilst they're at work, mm. the women. The housewives, the wives, they'll clean the house, they will attend ballet lessons, they will go shopping, and then they will prepare dinner for the husbands. And, and, that's, and that's it. That's their lives. Things start getting a little bit strange. Um, ultimately, you know, at, at, at the start, everything's a bit weird because the, the head of the company that all the husbands work for, he's called Frank, he's played by Chris Pine. And he's almost like this, almost like this kind of like messiah type figure. They all like idolize him. And, you know, if he talks to you, you're seen as like, you know, in his inner circle, it's very special. Um, it, it's very weird. And you're sort of questioning throughout what's going on, essentially. Um Things start going a bit strange. One of the neighbors is acting very odd and disappears, and then it starts this this um, this sort of chain reaction. Florence Pugh's character, uh, Alice, Alice, come on, <laughs> I think you know. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> she starts questioning her sort of reality and things like that. Mm. Okay, yeah. So it's a bloody drama teacher's wet dream this film it's like so overly dramatic it's you know it's one abstract set piece to the next something weird will happen she'll have this like weird dream and then she'll wake up tell somebody about it and then you just sat there waiting for the next weird thing to happen and and i'm talking like mm. she'll be cleaning a window and then like the whole wall will start like closing in on her and it's obviously just like her mind and things like that and you go oh that's really cool she'll go and tell somebody oh i'm freaking out man da, 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 and they'll calm her down and then she'll be doing something else and then something else weird will happen and it's just this series of events of just weird thing then it'll chill and then it's a weird thing again and then it'll chill and by the end of it you're like yeah okay fine good Excellent. Okay. Brilliant. So <laughs> good. Um, visually, it's very, very appealing. The production design uh, is is amazing, stunning. You know, the the sets are wonderful. The costumes, everyone just looks ace and super cool, and the music's brilliant. It's very Mad Men. You know, as soon as the husband walks home. Uh, walks in the house, they hand him a glass of bourbon and he's just, yeah, and smoking his cigarettes and looking ace. Uh, but talks like Harry Styles, which is a little bit jarring. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Acting, um, it's the perfect vehicle for for Flo, uh, for Florence Pugh. She is incredible. Like, she's amazing in everything. Like, she, she's such a good actor. And, you know, I, I, you, I watch her and just think, like, you are... Um, you are like this generation's Meryl Streep because, and it sounds so cheesy saying that, but I'm even like watching her and going like, some of her performances remind me of performances of Meryl Streep in, you know, these amazing films that, that she's been in. And I'm just like, wow, you really, like you yeah, are yeah. fantastic. That's great. So it's this perfect vehicle for her because she just gets to 
be as wild as she wants to be and it's great and i, I think inevitably there's going to be awards for her mm. everyone's been saying a lot of stuff about harry styles in it saying oh god he's absolutely terrible he's not he's fine you know it's it's fine you know he does he does what he needs to do in it great i do question if it would have been more interesting with uh, with uh, Shia LaBeouf in the role, I think it would. Uh, in fact, I know for a fact it would have been. But he's fine. He does what he needs to do. Chris Pine is brill as this, as I say, like this sort of messiah-like figure. Who it's almost like a little game of like cat and mouse with him and Flo because he knows that she's questioning things and he's sort of teasing her about it and just really enjoying himself doing that. And again, he's just like so cool. It's ridiculous. Um, Influences Truman Show. There's a bit of the village in there. Step for wives. Everyone can say um, almost like a little bit lost in. Oh, and we're back. <laughs> So this is the part of the podcast where um, I drop my microphone down the stairs and it wrecks the entire recording, uh, but we only find out halfway through editing. So uh, apologies to everybody uh, that it actually only record. We recorded the full podcast. So and it, we were like, oh, we've gone quite long tonight as well. It was about two hours, uh, and there's, I think, there's only about forty-five minutes of it actually recorded. Um, so if, if any of it sounds um, a little bit unnatural, like we're saying it for the second time, it's because yeah. we are. Yeah, and if if all like background noise and mic quality is different, it's because it's a new mic and it's three days later. <laughs> you can give your feedback on David's new microphone by following this link in the podcast description. <laughs> well, genuinely, let us know if it sounds any different. If it sounds any well. better, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. that's fine. It sounds so. more like, it sounds more childlike. <laughs> sounds like there's more child noise through this microphone. 100%. Um, so, my point was, in Don't Worry Darling, it, it, it's fine. Um, I think, and if I remember correctly, I was getting to this point. Um, so, the big, there's a big twist that comes, right? And first of all, it's naff. The twist is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. But I feel like, regardless of whether the twist is crap or not, with a film like this, you are literally just sat waiting for that twist. Okay. So you, you all the way through it, you're going, right, what's this twist going to be? And sometimes that's enjoyable, you know, when it's like Knives Out or something like that, you know, like a, a crime thriller or, you know, a mystery or something like that. But this isn't a mystery. And these types of films, I think they're just built on having this, ooh, quirky uh, twist, you know, where they pull the rug out from out from underneath you. And my question is just like, does that take away from the viewing experience? Because for me, it did. All the way through this film, I was just going, right, what is this twist going to be? And it better be interesting because if it's not, it's, you know, I'm going to be let down. And that just took away from my pleasure of viewing the start of the film, you know, the first hour of the film, you know, it's just over two hours, the film. Yeah, and twist comes probably about an hour and twenty, something like that. So I don't know. I just feel like these films are just made because of these twists, and I'm like, well, is there more to it than that? Should there be more to it than that? Because yeah. for me, there wasn't any anything else really to fully kind of get behind. Does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah. You get what, do no, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. And also, it's, you know, I've heard it said about this film that it's like you're waiting for that twist, and you, and you sit, sit there thinking. They could do this. They, it could be this. It could be this. It could yeah. be this. And it's like, oh well, they just so happen to have gone for that 
choice of the twist. Yeah, and I've heard that before. And to a a certain extent, I agree. They take it in a direction where you're like, okay, that's fine. They kind of modernize that twist a little bit that we may have seen before. But the way they modernize it, I'm just like, oh, it's just awful. And the mechanics don't work. And there's questions that are raised and you're like, well, that doesn't. That actually doesn't make sense. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, so whatever, there you go. So I would say, Gregory, and I can't even remember which ones I've used now, um, that Don't Worry Darling is Beauty and the... No, I would say Don't Worry Darling is more Priest, which is this really nice Paul Bettany action film, uh, rather than the original Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Yeah. Good. And it is available, I think still, well, it is available still in... Uh, in um, cinemas now. Do you mean the original? All right. Oh, original Beauty and the Beast being the yeah, got you. The good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, with you. Cool. Great. Okay, so here we are, fifteen years in the making. I think maybe something like that. Um, you know the the. Uh, uh, what is it? The hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change, Greg, apparently. Mm. Yep. Yep. Here we are then. <laughs> so, blackout. So, give us blackout, some background on Blackout. You give some background. You give some context. Okay. I'll tell you what I thought, and then you can tell me what you thought. That's yeah. how we'll do it. Go okay. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, background to Blackout. And without, uh, before I get into kind of like the film itself, the plot. It was announced probably like 15 years ago. Oh, my wife's home. Sorry, one second. Won't be in there. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like this podcast thing that you do is something that your wife really shouldn't know about. And then, oh, crap, my wife's home. <laughs> Just saying. What? Just saying you made it sound like it's like this podcast thing is like a dirty secret that you wife doesn't oh, no. know about. It's like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Can't let us see the podcast. (laughs) God forbid. Um, I'm going to take this upstairs. (sighs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So, yes, it was announced about 15 years ago that The Rock was starring in uh, a DC film. I think Marvel were trying to get him at that point. And this was probably pre-Iron Man. Um, But it was announced that he was going to be in a DC film and he was kind of hinting at what it was going to be. Just say the word. That's what he was saying, because that's kind of like... They say Shazam, don't they? Mm. And everyone's like, Black Adam, really? That's like a bit of a bit of an obscure hero, anti-hero kind of thing for DC. Um, but it, it's been sort of gestating for 15 years, not hearing much about it. We saw some um, some like artwork for it and that sort of stuff. And then we got Shazam like three years ago, something like that. And then the production of uh, Black Adam started and they were like, right, oof, you know, for The Rock to really be really picky about these superhero films, because he could have had, he could have done anything really, couldn't he, let's face it. Um, you know, this has got to be a special, special film. And we got Black Adam. Okay, yes. so um, <laughs> this is the plot to Black Adam. So near, nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and wizards, and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam, or Teth, Teth Adam, is freed from the earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. There we go. So, Black Adam, the rock plays Black Adam. Um, he is, yeah, so like he's imprisoned for thousands of years uh, in this country, K- K- 
kind of some, Middle Eastern or North African, a, a I think. Fake, yeah, a fake country. Um, and he is freed because something to do with a crown and then there's something to do with um, the underworld and Egyptian gods um, and like a stone. There's a lot of things going on. Mm. What did you think, Greg? <laughs> Well, for me, oh, yeah. and, the, and the Justice Society of America is there as well. Yes, the Justice Society of America is there, who we have not That met team before. we know loads about. <laughs> well, yeah. exactly. The, we, first time we meet them in the DCEU. Uh, and what's happened here is it's like they've done the equivalent of starting the MCU at Endgame. And, mm. I, I mean, they can never have introduced all of these characters and given them their own films because basically the quality of them is not good enough. But it's a, a bit like they did with the Eternals. All these characters got no backstory. They're coming together, and we're supposed to be invested in them. So, you know, when one mm. of them inevitably dies, we're supposed to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's died. And we, we met him an hour ago. Um, so there's a, <laughs> this troupe is made up of a girl who does wind stuff, Storm, yeah, uh, a poor man's version of Ant Man who just gets big. Um, who, he also happens to be the menu of the, uh, he also happens to be the nephew of the Fonz who appears, uh, hey. Henry, Henry Winkler in a Henry Winkler, is it Henry Winkler in a <laughs> yeah, cameo, on, cameo on his phone screen being FaceTiming the Fonz? Um, yeah, and uh, so. Nephew of the Fonz and the girl who does win stuff have a not so subtle sexual chemistry. Um, mm. There's a gold version of Falcon, um, and there's also <laughs> there's also the bloke from Mamma Mia. And uh, together, <laughs> they are the Justice Society, who, in my mind, are um, like an Aldi Justice League, if Justice League really <laughs> ever any good anyway. Um, and well, yeah, it, it it's just it, it is like they are just like a. They are a rebrand of, or just like a, a poor man, a wish. That's it. A wish. You know that website, Wish, where you order wish. like crap, <laughs> crap versions of like known products. They are they are the yeah. Wish version of the Justice League. Um, but as Aldi builds itself on budget um, imitations and known brands, uh, it also every now and then has something that's got some great value. And there are element, elements of this film that do have good mm. value. Um, you know, there's there's some laughs on it. For a two-hour film, um, I didn't, I wasn't clock-watching. I felt that time passed quite um, acceptably. Um, but... <laughs> Except, the time passed acceptably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> if that doesn't just say that this film is fine, you yeah. know <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, like, like so many of these superhero films, it does what I hate and inevitably resort into a smashy, smashy, everything gets destroyed. Mm. Lots of collateral damage, but we don't care about that uh, because it looks good anyway. And that's pretty much this, mm. what this film is. I like the kid in it. You didn't like the kid in it, did you? No, I, th- I thought the kid was, you know, we need a cool kid. Let, let's, so, uh, right, okay, cool kid. What, what um, skateboarder, mm. that's it. That's a cool kid. I mean, you know, look at me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I just think, you know, oh, it was written by somebody who hasn't got a clue. And you're like, right, any excuse to skateboard. This kid loves skateboarding because yeah. he's so anti-establishment. Yeah, like at yeah. one point he's, ru- he's running away from people and he like, he like he's creeping away. That was it. And he, sta- he like sits on his skateboard and pushes him. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. all right. But okay. there's, I like the yeah. stuff with like the cool little trapdoor he's got in his desk. That's a bit sort of Kevin McAllister like that yeah. sort of thing going on. That's and, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. What did you think? Uh, you know, there's much like what you've said. Unfortunately, like you know, this could have been 
although you know we don't know much about Black Adam, and and you know I I, I say I've said it before, you know I, I like to think I'm a little bit clued in on sort of comic books. Black Adam wasn't really somebody I, I, I was that aware of, um, and this could have been a good opportunity for them to restart the whole thing and and actually like right the wrongs from like the Justice League and things like that. But unfortunately, they've just fallen into the same old traps. They're they're rushing things. They're expecting us, you know, th- like you say, throwing a load of characters at us and expecting to care about them straight away when we, we just don't. Um, like you say, the smashy, smashy, it's so noisy. It's just yeah. the noisiest film I've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. I watched it with Lever and I was just looking at him and just going, oh, this is just like it's giving me a headache watching this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, it, you know, the whole story was confusing. I was like, okay, so they need the crown. And when there's like a duel, but then they need to do this. This particular thing needs to happen at this point. And then there's a twist that it was glaringly obvious what the twist was. Um, and then there's like, it, you know, there's a, a demon. And I'm just like, oh, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> it, make, it makes Man of Steel look like like Citizen Kane. And I didn't yeah. mind Man of Steel. Like, it was all right, but it makes it look like a masterpiece. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I liked a few of the characters. Um, I, I thought Pierce Brosnan was really good, actually, um, as Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, Doctor Fate, that's what yes. I meant. <laughs> um, I liked the brother in it uh, with the baby comeback. That was quite funny. And it, you know what? It did that thing that since Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone's trying to do, and it's to throw in contemporary songs. Yeah. At, oh, well, not even contemporary, to be honest, but like throw no, in sort of yeah. popular songs, you know, pop music, whatever, at these particular intervals and expecting it to fit. Guardians of the Galaxy was really clever about the songs it used, not because it like they had anything to do with that particular thing, but they just fit the tone and the yeah. balance of those scenes. And th- this just didn't. Um, I can't remember actually now off the top of my head, but some of them, but like I was just like, really? You know, yeah, we tr- yeah. they, they tried this with suicide squad in 2016 like eminem playing and i'm just like it, it doesn't work so ultimately it was a it's a bit of a nothing film for me it definitely won't be one i'm going back to and i think like considering the rock has big this up so much yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just another the rock film unfortunately mm. um when i really think he could do something different i think he could push himself i mean yeah. not that he doesn't push himself the man's a f- fridge isn't he let's face it Absolutely. um but, it, you know, it, it, I just wasn't really digging it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Agreed, Nick agreed. has messaged, though, Gregory. Nick has Hi, said, it, it was funny in parts, did kind of feel like a knockoff Nigel DC superheroes. Almost look looky-likey Marvel characters, Ant-Man, Storm and Falcon. Uh, but that was okay. Fight scene uh, and baddie a bit shit. Some of the story was good, i.e. that about his son. I don't agree with that one, to be honest. But, mm. uh, but others were a bit confusing, like the end. Really? Why is he against the world and against Superman? I don't know, Nicholas, but thank you for sending that review. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, Black Adam. Would you say, Gregory, that Black Adam is Spaceballs or Jack Falls? A former undercover police officer, Jack Aldleth, returns to London seeking those who tried to have him killed in Amsterdam. I think oh, Jack Falls so was, for this, please, um, David. Uh, yes. I won't be seeing that again. I yeah, that again. I mean, go in, turn your brain off, it's fine, but it... I kind of wanted a lot more from, you know, the people who were involved. So there you go. Where can we see Black Adam, Gregory? Black Adam is available in cinemas now and um, probably on HBO Max. Oh, no, it doesn't exist anymore. Sky Cinema Premiere in about (laughs) two weeks. Perfect. Perfect. 
choo-choo. Chugga-chugga. What have we got? So here we are at the King Speech Station. And where are we going, Greg? We are taking... What line are we taking? Uh, Guy Pierce, Gregory. Oh, sorry. Guy Pierce, Platform 4, the Guy Pierce line, <laughs> all the way to Memento Stations. This is the 2001 yeah. Chris Nolan... 2000. 2000 Chris Nolan film. Um, it is the sort of the... Um, the older sibling, if you like, of uh, Tenet, <laughs> if uh, if you like mm. that sort of crazy uh, non-linear timeline all over the place, messy thing. But yeah, it's it, mm. it's it's pretty special. It's pretty clever. Um, it's some spectacular yep. writing, and you know, as Chris and it's, uh, it's, well shot. it's a great way to stay great in shape. Great way to stay in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we spoke about it on our Chris Nolan special last year and the year before, yep. but uh, we just sort of touched on it. So I think you know we'll we'll give it a bit. We'll give it the time it deserves. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. On the box. Okay, then, Greg, what the hell is on the box for you this week? Nothing new as such, but Black Panther is something that I think I might return to over the next couple of weeks because we've got Mm. uh, Black Panther 2 coming out soon. The trailer looks really good. I'm quite excited to see. It seems like they've done a really good job of, in a classy way, um, sort of paying Mm. homage to... um, um, Chadwick. Chadwick. And, uh, yeah, so that's on Disney+, Plus, obviously, so... Yeah, boy. Cool. Well, when this uh, episode was going to be released on Wednesday, um, it was the final day of, uh, what is it, Los... uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. No, Day of the Dead. I can't. Okay. I can't remember the Mexican pronunciation of Day of the Dead. So oh, I was going to watch Coco. I'll probably still watch Coco. But now this is going to be released on Friday because of our technical mishaps. Um, I'll, I'll still watch Coco. But yeah, I'm going to finish the uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, and I'm also going to watch um, All Quiet on the Western Front because I am hearing ah, really great things yes. about it. It's on Netflix. So Let us know what you guys are watching on the box this week. Do that, and then we'll choose. And the there password. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, password is microphone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dave, Dave's got a new microphone. If 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 there's a distinct difference between the way Dave sounds and the way Greg sounds, uh, you can mm. help Greg buy a Blue Yeti by buying him a co- <laughs> buying him a beer at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Dad's on Film Pod for just three pound. Yeah. You can chuck in for uh, and, and you know between us. If we got, you know, we can fund the new eight, just for eighty for the price of eighty beers, we could have a micro- <laughs> microphone each. There we go. It's almost like that time we were in the band and the drummer was like, well, "Do you all just want to chuck in and get me a new drum kit?" And we were all just like, <laughs> "Off!" <Or> you... <laughs> Do you want to buy me a guitar? <laughs> yeah. Or you could get out the band and we'll get a new drummer who has his own drum <laughs> yeah. kit. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Oh dear, dear me, Greg! Have you listened? The impression you go in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the impression you go into a bonfire show on Sunday. Am I? Am I right? 
Ah, uh, yeah, well done. Yeah, we're going to the Alton Towers. <laughs> Alton Towers firework display. I think they've got You're drones. so much. Just Sorry. Come back a bit. Come back a bit. Yeah, I think they've got drones this year. So oh, nice. To see that. So, uh, very, very yeah. nice. What about you? What, any bon- mm. Oh, you don't do bonfires in your house, really, do you? Uh, we're not sure. My family are going to, to one. We're just going to sort of play it by ear. Uh, it's either going to go one or two ways with Ben, really, whether he'll, he'll either love it or yeah. hate it. So, un- unsure at the minute. We'll, we'll see. Cool. Yeah, okay. I think, you know, see what his mood's like and stuff. And then well, we're going to go friends of the show Beth and Jamie's for a roast uh, he's rushing me everybody you can as Greg said buy us a microphone at buymeacoffee.com forward slash dance on film pod <laughs> like the podcast share the podcast uh, send us your reviews your thoughts your questions we will be getting a review from Jack uh, for next week he is he's already messaged me and said I've got a good review for you um, but there you go thank you everybody for listening uh, apologies for the late podcast you only have to wait five um, days for the next yeah. episode though this is you know Woo! You're very lucky people Here we go. Yeah. Peace out.